everybody. Welcome to King of the Ride podcast. As always, I'm your host. I am Ted King. If this is your first time to the show or if you are a seasoned listener to King of the Ride, I know that you are really going to enjoy today's episode. That's because we have Alex Howes as our guest today. Stalwart American pro cyclist Alex started his time getting into this here sport of elite cycling back in 2003 with the 5280 Garmin Sharp Chipotle VMG Felt Slipstream Barracuda EF Education First, now powered by Cannondale Team. Okay, okay, clearly I kid, but at one point or another, Alex has had those names stamped across his chest on his jersey as part of the Slipstream operation, and I am pumped to see that he is still out there enjoying the ride. Alex and I, we dive right ahead and mix things up on today's pod with a round of 20 questions. Now, this was recorded just a few short weeks ago while Laura and I were in Colorado for the Thanksgiving holiday. And that gave me the opportunity to catch up with Alex to talk shop with my former teammate. We talk fat bikes and trainers, Leadville and Dirty Kanza, tents and sprinter vans, knobby tires and skinny canoes or kayaks. Wait, what? Canoes or kayaks? Yes, that is right. This is a very atypical format to the show with 20 question Q&A but one that I know that you are really going to embrace. Today's episode is presented by Strava. Now, I'm recording this here in Vermont, but I'm proudly born and raised in New Hampshire, just like Strava itself. It was at the Green Mountain Stage Race in 2009 when my friend, fellow New Englander, Tim Johnson, introduced me to this new, shall we call it, program, not even called an app at the time. Strava at that point was just becoming a thing, so suffice it to say that I'm a longtime user, approaching 10 years on Strava, and as Alex and I talk about in this episode, we are smack in the middle of the holidays right now. I'm a huge fan of Strava's ability to keep me accountable, to help me stick to those New Year's resolutions. If you've set a yearly goal, especially this time of year, it's a great way to dial in that training and hit those end-of-year numbers. Strava is, of course, free to use whenever you go out for a workout, but the Summit features such as training plans, filtered leaderboards to see where you stack up, pace analysis, and even live performance data. Those are all particularly beneficial. So listeners of King of the Ride have this limited time offer. That is a chance to try out these Summit features for a free month. Please visit strava.com summit and enter the code KING. That is all lowercase K-I-N-G at checkout. Folks, that is it for me. Please enjoy today's episode with Alex House. I'm not holding a microphone. Exactly. We're just we're just chatting. Did you ever do a um, uh, Mike Creed podcast? Uh, I did. He got me drunk. Yep. Yep. I think that's a secret tool. Hide the microphone on the table or you see it it's in plain sight but you have no idea that he's recording and then you're drunk and then he says all right that was a good podcast yeah great scott i have no idea that was even happening why don't you have alcohol um i was gonna offer you some you know what pairs really well with ginger maple aid whiskey well, for one everything but two whiskey yeah um for a listening audience and it's 1 p.m technically in my mind it's still holiday because we're four days post thanksgiving i think it's just holiday season that's yeah. what they call it totally like, anything between you can you can drink before noon anywhere between the i guess the 20 probably i'd say probably the 20th mm-hmm. of november and 
15th of January, <laughs> <laughs> depending on what your resolution might be. I agree. Um, Brian Furley, Boulder resident, was was explaining. He's talking about the Wild West where just anything goes on. He's like, yeah, it's this place called the airport where you can drink wine at 7 in the morning and no one thinks it's weird. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, the 5 o'clock somewhere on. definitely applies in an airport. Mm-hmm. Okay, Alex Howes, welcome to my rented living room here in Boulder, Colorado. Um, unlike traditional podcasts that I've done, where it's just back and forth banter, exactly as we're doing now, I've come up with 20 questions. So I'm going to call this 20 questions with Alex Howes. And I ask you the 21st, right? You can ask me as many questions as you'd like. We can do one question with Ted King. Okay. The first 10 are either or questions. Netherland or Boulder? I made that decision. So Netherland, yeah. Excellent. Just moved. So new homeowner up in Netherland, Colorado. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, we were just discussing the virtues of mice mitigation. <laughs> uh, turns out we have a lot of mice back there in Vermont. You guys, you, you formerly had some until you found a hypersonic, ultrasonic mouse mitigator. Yeah, the the little things they plug into the wall and the mice don't. It's it's hard on their ears, but it's also a lot more humane than snapping their bodies in half. Yeah. How many um, mice did you get rid of with the uh, traditional snapping head off um, method? I don't know who's listening, so we'll just say many. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't want to put a number on that and make people feel que- queasy. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't think anyone was living in that house for a while. And... Uh, the mice had moved in. I really wasn't too concerned about it until one of them had like took a turd like right square middle of my sp- of my sponge. Yeah, like the, my cleaning apparatus. <laughs> like there's a tiny little turd there, and I was like, "All right, I'm paying attention, guys. This has got to go. <laughs> it's it's on." The funny thing about a mouse turd is it looks like a piece of brown rice. And what Laura and I are not big fans of in our house is the mice got into our pantry. And we didn't have a lot of food because it was in the first like week that we just moved in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they ate an entire bag of rice. Mm-hmm. So they converted the white rice to brown rice. And then there's just turds everywhere. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, good to know. We have a loud mice mitigator. It, it makes a icky squeaking noise. Anyway, um, on to question two, which is hinging on question one. Fat bike or trainer? Um... There's definitely a time and place for either one, hmm. um, but uh, personally, I'm not a big fan of the trainer. I so concur. I will just uh, do mostly whatever I have to not to ride it. So even if it's too snowy for a fat bike, I'll just try and ski mm-hmm. like that. Nice. Yeah. Variety is the spice of life this time of year. You, you gotta get out. A, you gotta get outside. Bingo. You live in a hotbed. Have you? This is gonna be your first winter in Netherland. Um. What is the foreseeable future? This is not one of the 20 questions. What's the foreseeable future of camps, early season, uh, uh, mandatory team attending activities? What do you got coming up? Um, <laughs> so everyone's like, what's, what's your first winter Ned going to be like? And it's like, uh, it's going to be a lot like California because uh, <laughs> I'm going to be in California a lot, I think. <laughs> nice. Uh, definitely a couple of weeks in uh, December. Mm-hmm. We have a team camp out there. Uh, NorCal, like, SoCal. Uh, pretty much smack in the burn zone there. Nice. Uh, well, shoot, there we'll, were two burn zones in the yeah, most we'll, recent we'll, Yeah, we'll find out. Agora Hills. 
Oh, that's lovely. that's uh that's pretty much right in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll probably hang out with uh everybody's favorite friend Phil Guyman, mm-hmm. um, your social media rival, I guess. Maple um, syrup versus cookies. <laughs> we can just be all copacetic and yeah, we'll make a maple a, cookie. And yeah, call it good. that sounds pretty enjoyable. Nice. Uh, so partner up, but uh, yeah, do that, and then uh, January, yeah, probably back to California. Mm-hmm. So nice. Uh, tour down under? <laughs> no. Uh, Colombia. Colombia. Oh, yeah. muy bien. Yeah. Already passed. That's sweet. So, uh, we, I did it last year and it was a lot of fun. What month is it? It's in mid-February. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's pretty cool hanging out with, uh, Rigo down there. Bet. He's like a small little, he's, he's, he's like a, like the Tom Brady of Colombia. <laughs> you can't go anywhere without everybody just like there's like if you watch old videos of elvis presley like walking into rooms and like girls just like falling over shaking and crying like that that is rego no kidding yeah no kidding like it's crazy it's super fun it's it's fun to be around it's great does he have a posse of other world tour cyclists that he hangs with and he's Um, like the he is elvis and everybody else is sort of the they got the rest of the I mean, pack. I don't know if he like really hangs with a lot of world tour cyclists. I mean, I don't know. He he's got people. He's, yeah. he definitely has a posse. I was wondering um, if there's like multiple El Elvi down there. I mean, like, how about what about Quintana? I wonder how popular he is. Quintana is definitely pretty popular. Yeah, they're all pretty popular, yeah. honestly. Uh, but yeah, like the big the big one last year because um, Rigo just was coming off a second of the tour and like. Um, it, it's definitely like you're either Rigo or you're Quintana, mm-hmm. you know, like you're Tom Brady or you're Peyton Manning, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. um, and it was interesting. That's funny. It was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> man, oh man. Um, and so it's, it's cool kind of like being Alex Howes walking around Boulder, Colorado or Netherlands. <laughs> Hanging out with Timmy, man, when he first bought in Netherlands and he still is like, the dude's a celebrity. You're like, yeah, I no. watched you in the Olympics. No, he runs. He runs the town. He's, he does, he especially does. now, like being in real estate. Like he's got a lot of sway. Mm-hmm. It's um, a networking business, and like, he is like he makes moves. Yeah. And he, yeah, he make he makes moves. Fact, moving the people. Okay, this might be a stretch. Hear me out. Canoe or kayak? Uh for me, canoe. Excellent. That's what I was hoping yeah. you were going to hit on. I have one. It's well, it's. It's a big canoe. Okay. Yeah. Like, I want a smaller canoe, like a more canoey canoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine's like a 17-foot, like... Good gravy. You can put, you could put like, a, a Fiat in that thing, <laughs> like, and probably be okay. Um, how do you get this bad dog around? Uh, on top of the adventure truck. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, I bring it up picturing... So, in my mind's eye, I saw a picture of you in the off-season not too long ago... And it was either you or Jess in the front of the canoe, and I could be completely making this up, but there was a bike in the canoe. True? True. Okay. True. And, yeah, and then I was like, I wonder if that was a canoe. Was that a kayak? You probably can't put a bike in a kayak. Am I making up this entire thing? Two two people and a bike in a kayak isn't going to work. No. Um, two people in a canoe, I think I think it's rated to hold, like, just under 1,000 pounds. Like, Whoa. it's it's a unit. Like. <laughs> And canoe camping is... You can bring that Fiat. It's better than than car camping because you don't see anybody. 
uh-huh. and you can bring just as much stuff. Where do you do you still go like point to point? Uh, so that one we did, yeah. That one was tell me about sweet. your best canoe adventure uh, or that one. Well, so that one is probably still the best. Um, but we, I dropped just off in Green River, mm-hmm. um, and then drove the truck down to where we we're gonna pull the pull the boat out. And that was actually a pretty rowdy drive. Um, and there's one stretch in there through Canyonlands that took me, it was like 43 miles and it took me seven and a half hours to drive it. To drive? Yeah, it was pretty nuts. Great um, Scott. And then I slept out there and then turned around and rode the bike back uh-huh. uh, to fetch her in the canoe. And that was actually probably the hardest ride I've ever done in my life. Good um, God. We're it was a 155 mile ride. Uh-huh. And I was like, I I can knock that out if I get an early start. I'll get I'll get through it. It'll yeah. be okay. Um, <laughs> but there's nowhere to get water in in that whole thing. So you had I had to bring like I think I brought like four and a half gallons of water or something. And I was Whoa. thinking like, oh, that's way overkill. And I thought I was gonna die. Honestly, like I was totally shattered. <laughs> like I ran out of water with like three hours to go, and it was mostly just like deep sand. holy hell like it was nuts um but then we got to float all the way home paint the picture where this is southwest colorado uh canyonlands yeah okay and jess is just hanging out waiting for you to roll up at whatever time you think that you're gonna roll up yeah i said around dark Uh just to give myself an out actually i think i told her i might be midday the next day Uh so like i brought like a little sack to sleep in in case they didn't make it but uh, once i ran out of water i was like pretty committed I was, <laughs> um that is burly but you panniers where are you holding all this water um i had it just like strapped to stuff mostly mm-hmm. smart um, yeah it wasn't the most like maneuverable rig but oh this one you're on the slate no yeah okay yeah. so it was it was okay these. but it's nice. actually the hardest i think the worst part of the whole trip like that was pretty bad but like i was just like suffering alone which was fine but mm-hmm. we had to get that that freaking yacht up the side of a cliff <laughs> to get it back to the truck and it was it's like the same elevation as lookout mountain it's yeah. like it's like just over a thousand feet elevation gain in a quarter mile so, that's where you had to lug the, yeah. the barge up so oh that, after God. that like i really look at topo maps a lot yeah. better um <laughs> that was it was a day it was terrible Attaboy. but it was a lot of fun um, I got, I got an adventure. Here's a side note for you. This February, when you're getting ready to go to Columbia, where it's going to be hot and nice altitude and good weather and all that, I'm teaming up with three Canadian outdoorsmen, as I am a outdoorsman They're, from Vermont. Canadians can be very outdoorsy. Oh my gosh, yes. And do you remember Buck Miller? He raced for Fjorda Fruta. I don't. I can't say that I do. Okay, he precedes your time. Anyway, uh, Buck Miller is one. Eric Batty is Emily Batty's brother, and Ryan Atkins is the about umpteenth time world's toughest mutter. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, oh, and he also is a trials unicycle trials world champion. That's a thing. Okay, <laughs> teaming up with these dudes, and we were riding 600 kilometers across northern Ontario on fat bikes. Which, when I think of the number of people who might be interested in that kind of thing, your name kind of was was ringing in my mind. 
But uh, you got to get ready for team team, I, team I races. Was, I was fat biking with Keo Ryan yesterday. Nice. Um, and we were laughing about how little distance we'd covered all day. Yeah. Um, and then I brought up the fact that people do. I did a rod on fat bikes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many k that is, but it's probably too many. Also. Yeah. And. Well, I don't my, know. good luck. Good thank luck, you. Ted. <laughs> my my wildly aspirational cohorts on this adventure are expecting to do about 100k a day, 60 some odd miles. What? And at the rate that you had told me, what you did seven hours, 30k. Well, we, so we, were, we were out there for <laughs> six hours. Yeah, it yeah. was about 30k. So I we mean, just you got to anticipate riding 18 hours a day. It was pretty gnarly trails, and it was pretty deep snow for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. We get a, we've been getting a lot of snow. This is the snowiest November I can remember. Oh, it's burly. The, but uh. We got it. So we're doing it self-supported, and we have to anticipate negative forty degree Fahrenheit temperatures. <laughs> and I think it's negative forty-two, where they actually overlap Celsius and Fahrenheit. Um. So the only thing that I'm thinking outside of not wanting to ride too fast because you don't want to start sweating and then freeze is at least unlike your adventure, we're just surrounded by water everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be dehydrated. Well, shouldn't it be frozen? It'll be point? frozen, and then you just got to. I don't know. I'm just listening to these outdoorsmen and figure like out what we're supposed to do. At that time of year, like, you can be standing on top of a river looking for water, and it's three feet down. Water, water everywhere. Through ice. Like, I, you don't just dip your head in. I know. Well, no, I'm sort of <laughs> thinking I'm going to just, like, start eating snow. The reality is the amount of yeah. water content in the snow is so little. I'm going to have to eat, low, like, yeah. a cubic yard. You gotta do, gotta do a lot of melting. Like, it takes a lot of fuel to melt that and then, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then your body's hyperthermic. Well, but stay tuned. It's gonna be yeah. awesome. You can, if anybody can do it, it's the Canadians. It's the Canadians with their I don't know about American you, cohort. They, they can do it. They can definitely do it. You need some practice on the fat bike. Come oh, fat bike out here. We're we're we got a team camp coming up in uh in late December, early January nice. to get ready for nice. this. Let me just say also that when I mentioned how much snow Ned had got, uh-huh. uh, I. I, w- I would like to retract that uh, when when you compare it to northern Canada. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got like 16 inches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you're going to have fun. You're going to have fun. That's great. That's awesome. It's going to be sweet. Okay. Hinging off, you said you prefer going canoe camping. Well, the original question was tent or sprinter van? Um, and then you can throw in the, the qualifier or canoe camping. Uh, I would, I would say probably tent, uh, tent with canoe. That works great. Yeah. Tent on a bike. That works great. Tell me about the adventure mobile um, you're talking about. Uh, we've got a little truck, a little, little Tacoma. Sweet. She's 21 this year going on 22. Holy um, cow. she's only been jumped probably five or six times. Mm-hmm. Um, she likes wheelies and the truck does wheelies kids. Yeah. With the amount of rear wheel drive torque it has or like when you send it off a little curb well when, when you're trying to like get out of the woods back to a road and you have a cord of wood in the back of it like a lot of times she'll run a wheelie nice. um, but i don't know it it's going pretty well so um yeah best best six grand i ever spent so excellent is that your yeah. sole uh mode of transportation that's out um, of the canoe well, so my my wife has a car, which she uses for work sometimes, um, but uh, she doesn't like it when I load it with firewood, so 
That's what she the track's does. for. She just expresses it in the negative. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, I don't know about the Sprinter Van thing. I don't know. I just, I, I, maybe I'm kind of burned on it because of the whole Boulder thing. I just see all these like, you know, $130,000 Sprinter Vans rolling around. Mm-hmm. And all these people doing this like $130,000 Sprinter Van hashtag van life stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, you know, go back to their $700,000 shanty in Boulder. They're not shanties. Um, I'm picturing going back to their 2.5 million dollar. Yeah, 700 thousand is very low estimate. Yeah, because they're you know those are that's the poor, their garage. Those are the poor people in Boulder. where they keep the sprinter. <laughs> um, you so, can you can extend your adventure life pretty far with 130 thousand bucks. A lot of hotels. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of tents. And I mean, really, what's so what's so wrong about the like you know those those old vans or the old the old campers and whatever like? You remember the dolphin? Yeah, the dolphin. The dolphin is so you know, sick. The, like little tiny little four cylinder twenty two RE engine in there, just like pumping out a solid like seventy six horsepower, and the thing uh-huh. weighs like six thousand pounds. Uh-huh. Vale, I think I think Vale Pass has killed many a dolphin. Yeah, oh for right. sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm a I'm a proponent of van life. I mean, I'm a bigger proponent of moving into my house and and actually spending more time there. But mm. van life's cool. Sprinters are exorbitantly expensive. We yeah. can just leave it at that. Yeah, just get, you know, what are the those Toyota Previas? You remember those things? They, Is that the one that looks like a Dustbuster? Mm, maybe. Or but they they had the, the, I don't know, they're like four-wheel drive. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they, dude, there's one in South Pole that we rode, drove by it today. 7,000 like, bucks. Yeah, they're like super not beautiful. Uh-huh. They're really not that great. Looks like it like, belongs on a monorail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could totally throw a bed in the back of that thing and like bike rack on the back and like that'd be great van life. I, I support that kind of van life. Beauty. I know this $30,000 Sprinter van life thing. I don't know how much yours cost, Ted. I don't, um, I don't mean to offend zero, you. Zero. Zero dollars. <laughs> so speaking of modernity or a throwback, are you a rim brake or disc brake kind of guy? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Bring this up. Hard hitting questions. Um, honestly, I really like the disc brakes training. Mm-hmm. Um, the... The only thing I don't like is like traveling with them sometimes, mm. Mm. you know, for whatever reason, TSA likes to take my little brake blockers out. Do they really? Well, maybe they don't take them out, but they fall out. <laughs> uh-huh. And then, uh, you know, someone squeezes the brake and next thing you know, you show up somewhere and you're like, ah, I get goo everywhere. Um, That's frustrating. But... You should you know, put a note that says, please don't touch it. I should. I and should. then a follow-up note that says, if this has fallen out, friendly TSA officer, <laughs> please reinsert it. And take the $5 bill that taped to the handlebars. Um, but I, I, as you may know, I ride in inclement weather, weather often. And uh, so those disc brakes really come in handy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice having like all my bikes kind of break the same. Big fan of that. Which, Yeah. I still ride the rim brake, rim brake bike. Like I have one in Jersey, and the first stop sign is always a surprise. Always. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, it's funny the trickle up technology. I mean, like you're riding a fat bike. I'm guessing that's. I mean, man, picture a rim brake, rim caliper for a fat bike. But fat bikes, mountain bikes, gravel bikes. I don't so think you so need forth. a brake on a fat bike, though. No. Yeah. To slow from three miles an hour to zero miles an hour means putting your foot down. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they stop themselves. 
Um, next question. 700 by 38 or 29 by 2.4? And I don't know where are you gonna where are you gonna go with that? Thirty eights are nice. Where I am, well, I would, I would, I would ask the question questioner if I could tweak it, and then I'd probably say seven hundred by forty two. <laughs> um, um, short answer, I'd go seven hundred right now. That's where I am in life. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I liked, I actually kind of like what the, what the slate's doing mm -hmm. with the, the 40, 42, 650B. 650B. Like, it's a thing. Cause it's, I mean, you don't, if you get too much tire on a bike that's designed to have the big tires, chances are they have a high bottom bracket too. Mm -hmm. And then anytime you're trying to throw some like sick jumps in there, which you're going to do if you have the tires for it, mm -hmm. like you get three inches off the ground and you're like, I'm so seven miles away from that ground because i i started you know six miles and however many inches that is uh -huh. um so you're, you're way up there i don't know like even 29ers are kind of like that you know like you get yeah. 29er relatively high bottom bracket some high tires and you're like man this is a tall rig agreed so and i'm i'm not a short guy but i'm a really not short guy you know, distance is distance, yeah. you know? Like, if you got a 650B wheel, like, you might not even need a helmet. You're so low down there. <laughs> uh, you should wear a helmet, but... Um, I dig it. You get my point. You're not I gonna, do. You're not going to break a hip, you know? No. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see where 650B is going to go. I'm a fan. I, like I think it. the fact that they threw a B in there, though... That's is, confusing. I think it is kind of doomed it. I don't get it. Do you know why? Why did it be? I don't either. Um, is it because they talk about 700C and the C actually stands for something and they're going to uh, doubly switch it out? Poor form. Okay. Going into the first season that you'll be a married man, are you going to race with a wedding band or not? Um. So I wore my wedding band for like three hours and hurt my finger. Huh. So I've got, I've got it around my neck right now. But... Huh. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that works. Play out. that one by ear. Yeah, we'll play that one by ear. Nice. Also, the debarking thing—that sounds scary. Oh yeah. 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 Like Tyler Ferrari is a—I guess he's a paramedic now. Huh. Uh, working on being a firefighter. Yeah. Uh, he might actually be a firefighter now. I need to call him up. But uh, yeah, he told me he's like, dude, that debarking thing is a real thing, and like, don't screw around with that. For those not in the know, if you are not easily squeamish, I recommend <laughs> Googling debarking finger or wedding ring finger disgusting and something foul <laughs> will come up. Yeah, kind of kind of an odd thing. It sounds... Have you seen images? It, it is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, that's so gnarly. Yeah. Or no, uh, degloving is another term for it. Yeah, yeah. De-finger gloving. Yeah, so I have a fear of that mm -hmm. uh, naturally naturally well, it's smart and it's i'd like like to preserve preservation that. yeah like to preserve that so i might yeah i'll have to come up with another solution so but ladies i'm taken sorry <laughs> <laughs> not to confuse anybody here on to less disgusting topics pumpkin pie or pecan 
Um, I made one of each this Thanksgiving. Congratulations. Or two of each, sorry. Whoa. Um, and they all turned out like crap. Huh. Um, but generally pumpkin. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I've made a pumpkin pie every year for the past probably, oh geez, 25 of my life. I love pumpkin pie. I just think yeah. it's the most glorious thing ever. Oh, I'm right there with you. I'm right so there with good. you. Did you make your crusts? Uh, Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. I do yeah. not make my crusts, which is an embarrassment. So let me let me just tell you why they all turned out like crap. Okay. Uh, so we made like 20 pies for the wedding. So I was pretty Dang. Pie, I was pretty pied out. Okay. Um, and this question is hinging off Thanksgiving. We haven't even yeah. gotten to the wedding yeah. until right so, now. So I thought that um because I just made like 20 of these that they're just going to all like they're just all four of them were going to magically turn out great for Thanksgiving too. Mm-hmm. Um but uh can't say I put my heart and soul into them, and <laughs> two of them were undercooked, and two of them were just shy of carbon. Perfection. Oh, uh, just shy of carbon. <laughs> um, secret ingredient, maple syrup. I made a pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving here, where we have limited supplies because we hadn't, well, we're in a rented kitchen. Maple syrup and ginger mapleade. Oh, my gosh. Do you... Out of this world. Do you cut out any other, like, kind of wet ingredient to like dry it up a bit? Nope. Uh, I cut out sugar entirely. Yeah, that would make sense. Because maple syrup is sweet, but it's subtly sweet. It's not in your face sweet like white table sugar. Um, my other secret move is an extra egg. It gives it a little bit more custardy mm-hmm. excellence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, go heavy on the spices when they say a teaspoon or a tablespoon, like double down. Yeah, and for sure. They often ask for butter or a fat, and I don't even bother. Really? Well, because I used, not because I'm like trying to be anti-fat. I just, well, for example, here we didn't have any. And if you use the full fat evaporated milk and a little bit of half and half, which we happen to have. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in just freestyling it. Yep, yep, yep. Sometimes, okay. sometimes it doesn't turn out the way you want, like this Thanksgiving. So. Yeah. That's okay, though. Well, you're you're accustomed to baking at altitude, then you had to go down to sea level and yeah, lordy, everything yeah. changed. I mean, Eighty four thousand, eighty four hundred feet difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, our last of our or questions: Watson heart rate or PRE? <laughs> uh, well, I kind of don't have an option on the Watson heart rate thing. Oh, do you have a, some team coach to report to? Or you yeah. just don't have a power meter. <laughs> well, the UCI is also like doing this oversight kind of thing. Like they like make you do You're it. training too hard. It's well, it's true. You have to like like it's I think it's a UCI requirement now that you what? have your like FTP tested like monthly or something like that. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like I'll I will forge you the sheet, but like in, to be in UCI like in, in compliance with the UCI, uh that has to be tested and that is insanity. Um, and and everything has to go like basically on, you know, like a training peaks or a version of that huh. something something of that nature. Um <laughs> and the UCI can, you know, potentially audit it if they want to and blah 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 blah. So it's uh it, I don't know. I, I say this and the UCI is never gonna get around to any of that kind of stuff. Although you never know. They they're also gonna enforce sock rules this year. Right, right. So. The important ones. I feel like that's a really good example of the UC and I was going to say of the UCI claiming to have their um, anti-doping marketing in, in full play and being like, look at these are all the good things we're doing. 
But I haven't even heard this. Like, why, why aren't they at the top of the, the rooftop, rooftop shouting out that we're doing power threshold testing? I don't know. Um, Ridiculoso. We, we don't need to get into what I think about the UCI. Oh, man. Well, you should start a breakaway league called Riding Bikes for Fun. International. Yeah, I think you're start, you started that league. I'm trying really yeah. hard. When you, yeah, I'm recruiting once, people at IamTedKing.com. Yeah, once you get uh, through this uh, pansy northern exposure trip, like, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go south where the real ice is. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Right. Yeah, the, <laughs> the northern sea is going to be, a, Arctic sea is going to be a waterway soon. That's going to be, exactly. It's then you be, bring the canoe. It's just going to be Russians coming over on canoes. Perfect. They can... Um, delving into the more real deal questions, mm, really hinging off a question recently. How's married life? Uh, so far so good. So far so good. What do you got? Three weeks, two weeks, uh, a month? Yeah. Just over a month. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, everyone keeps asking us that, like, how's married life? And I don't think you really understand what married life is until, uh, you know, like one of you gets, you know, some kind of disease and the other one's in night school and you have like three kids and the car breaks down and you're just like, this is married life. Like this, this all just came at me fast. Yeah. I, <laughs> there's no turning around now though. We're in this together. So you don't have um, any of those things. You don't have three secret children in a, uh, no, I have a disease, I guess. But, uh, which one's that? Well, I have, I have, I have Graves disease. It's not as grave as it sounds, but that was my um, joke. I was going to use, I've never heard of this. Tell me about Graves disease. Uh, it's a thyroid issue. Oh, Damn it. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't know. As far as bad medical news goes, it's pretty good. Fair. Um, What's the treatment? Uh, pills. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, man, am I going to have to take pills my whole life? Like, this sucks. And then I was like, wait, I'm 30. Yeah. Like, I was going to have to take pills for the rest of my life anyways in like five years. Like, that's how it works, right? <laughs> pills are so like, strange. Maybe I'm just thinking like vitamin pills because you just piss out most of what is in there. But then if they're giving you prescription pills for something like graves disease which yeah, is not grave they seem to work huh, that's good but it was it's kind of a weird thing taking these pills because graves disease is like i mean it was basically it's probably the equivalent of being on a bunch of cocaine like all the time like i was just whoa i was just revved i was jazzed it was great good um, lord man i couldn't ride like fast because i couldn't sleep um also which, important element yeah kind of sucked but it was kind of fun Cause I was just like going, it was great. And now I take these pills and I'm like, shit, I need a nap. And they're like, Oh, you're getting better. And I'm like, no, I need a nap. Like this sucks. Like I want to go back to the cocaine life. Yeah. You don't understand. I need to take an FTP test for the UCI. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't go fast. It was, it was not good. So, well, it's kind of a fake disease. It's great. Given your answer to that question, I'm going to be curious about how you're going to answer this one. So my wife and I have been married for approximately 53 and a half weeks. Oh, wow. Which is to say there's 52 weeks in a year, and we just had our yeah, yeah, anniversary yeah. a week I, and a half ago. I got the math. So we're, we're asking ourselves, and it was a fun activity during Thanksgiving, and you have all sorts of, like my parents have been married nearly 50 years. Am I, <laughs> so just like, long story short. Doesn't the question that just being, blow your mind? It does blow my mind. The question being, what is one thing you've learned about yourself married that you did not know as a single person? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard one. Uh, well, I, right now, I think it's been too brief. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
You're still in cruise control. I, I can tell you one thing I've learned is that um, I'm an exceptional event planner. Say that again? I'm an, an exceptional event planner. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and I kind of always knew this, but I, the wedding really highlighted this. Under pressure, that's where I am. That's where I need to be. Did you plan your wedding? We, yes, we planned our wedding. Did not hire a wedding planner? No. Because who needs one when we got Alex's house? That's right. That's freaking um, awesome. But yeah, like Jess was like laying an egg the night before about all this <laughs> stuff that has to happen. And I was like half a keg in and I was like, babe, I got this. Like, yeah. Just write me a list and I'll do it. I got I got my 20 pies baking. Yeah. And then we, everybody's going to show up. It's going to be dope. We woke up the next morning. Well, uh-huh. I woke up the next morning and went over to the tent. Uh, and it was just already total chaos. Cause like everything we'd set out the night, all, we put all the water out the night before and it all exploded. Uh, cause it was like five <laughs> degrees that night. Uh, oh, literally exploded. Yeah. It literally exploded. Oh, so gosh. it was just like glass and ice everywhere. And I was like, oh, well, turns out I made a mistake. Um, but, learn. so then you served everybody vodka because vodka is not going to freeze and it's perfect. Well, I mean, like I said, great under pressure. So mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that continues in, in my, uh, through my married life. Um, just nice. Anticipation, planning, just under pressure, under pressure, planning, under pressure, planning a half keg in. These are all very important virtues. So (laughs) keep it up. Um, what do you remember from our, it would have been 2015 team building camp, which in my mind is memorable for sailing and rum. What do you remember from that? Um, <laughs> I the the image that sticks in my mind the most is walking onto the Willie T's boat. Um, it's kind of like a oh, restaurant yes. bar thing. Uh-huh. Uh, like literally, it's a boat though, and it's like you have to sail out to it to go to it. And we walked on, and there's that like I don't know. She's probably like. 60 something year old lady wearing no clothes like <laughs> taking a taking a shot off the belly button of some like russian model yep and i was just like man this is the caribbean like this yeah. is nuts like what the heck is this and it's not like a, a strip club or anything it's just a bar right but like there's definitely no cops out there and that is the wild west there's a lot of strange people that choose to live their lives on boats full time uh-huh. and they were there they were all there i remember leaving that night and you know the team is sleeping on various sailboats that are all moored somewhere around the woolly tea and i remember like the one person was like the team doc had to be in charge to make sure that nobody had drowned and he's literally driving his dinghy all around the, the cove being like okay how many guys are on this boat okay how many are on this boat okay and he's literally like taking inventory and taking a attendance to see who is deceased thankfully nobody which is a miracle that was a ridiculous camp um i also remember jv thinking that so ben was in a dinghy mm-hmm. and his motor cut out and he was like drifting off into the open ocean mm-hmm. and JV thought it was me. He just assumed it was me. Is this the, late at night? Yeah. That night? And yeah. Ben's drifting yeah. off and yeah. JV's like, Alex, what's wrong? Yes. And Ben's like, it's Ben. <laughs> and JV's like, I know it's bad. What's wrong? <laughs> it's Ben. 
I know it's bad. What's wrong? <laughs> like I was a little hurt that JV just uh. assumed that it was me that was, you know, <laughs> drunk on a dinghy drifting off to my death. You know, like, come on, man. Like, what the heck? Throw me a bone. <laughs> uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a ton of fun. That was ridiculous. Um, it's kind of inspired me to buy a little sailboat uh, in, in Jersey. Oh. Um, you're going to say the Boulder Res. No, you can't actually put a boat on the Boulder Res, but I think that would Fair. actually be a cool program because if you could learn to sail on that thing, like. There's just some high seas. Yeah, you could. Yeah. You could jump that thing. Um, get into America's Cup if you can sail up there. Yeah. Um, that's sweet. You're going to get a sailboat in Jersey. Yeah, like a tiny one. When, hey. I'm say, when I say a sailboat, like, I'm talking, you know, 600 bucks and put some new lines on it and. A dinghy with some sails. Maybe I can get two people on there and, you know, try not to whack myself in, in the face too hard with anything swinging around. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of, that, that camp was a ton of fun. And it was very educational. It was. We all learned how to sail. We didn't we, win a lot of bike races that year, but no, we had a lot of fun. We learned how to sail and we all quickly learned the importance of sunscreen. Yes. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I, I thought, <laughs> you remember the first day everyone's out there and we all get sunburned like, just full tomato and the next day um i mean you had like 26 guys wearing long sleeve shirts yeah like out <laughs> out on the ocean just long sleeve shirts for everybody it was baking a lot of guys had pants yeah like yeah. anybody that brought pants was wearing pants uh-huh. i was like what the heck <laughs> oh man i had i had betty all in my boat <laughs> he was having so much fun and he was fried uh, i thought I thought Batiol was like of the special variety when I first met him at that camp because he had his shirt tucked into his pants, like in, into his underwear, full on, and he had like sport goggles on or something. Uh-huh. And it made his eyes look like six times bigger than his eyes. Look, he looked like Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. I was like, <laughs> what the heck? Who's oh, this guy? He had his television. socks pulled up to his knees. Uh-huh. I think he was screwing with me looking back at it, but because he's a pretty cool cat. He is super cool. He was also like, 25 pounds overweight yeah he was that way for like the first four years of his career and now he's ridiculously good yeah no, he's amazing he's on the team next year yeah yeah i'm pumped i'm pumped that's sweet um well speaking of the iterations of the team there was a time not too long ago that the team was nearly defunct and i think ef education first came in and swooped in and saved the day relatively 11th hour last minute First of all, when was was that? Was that the end of 2017? 12th hour. 12th hour? Yeah. What were you doing? Were you talking to other teams? I mean, you've got, you'd spent some time on a French uh, amateur team. You've, you've, you're a worldly fella. What was your plan? Um, Early retirement? Not early retirement. Uh, I'd been talking to other teams. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess I can say it. The one I wanted to go to and looked like I was going to go to was Rally. Nice. Um, you know, do that orange thing. Uh, got a lot of respect for, for uh, the program that they have there mm-hmm. with uh, Jonas and Pat and Wolberg. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that would be a ton of fun. And uh, they also seem like they're going in a really good direction. So it'll be interesting to see how that progresses over the next few years. Agreed. Um, and, you know, more Americans in Europe. So That team's got some great longevity and building things in the right direction at the right cadence. Um, I feel like 
so many teams come on the the radar and within two years they're like, ah, oh, we're going to race in the tour in two years. And then within two years they've folded. Whereas yeah. those guys are like, yeah. just they've built such a good program and they've, they've made the right splashes at the right time. And that'd be sweet. I mean, it's a good cycling program, but I think they also have done like a super good job with the sponsors that they have and keeping them happy and, um, like really providing them with good value, you know? So, and I think that's why, that's why, why it's worked out the way it has for them. So, plus Jonas is great, man. Like every now and then I'll run into him, like up at a bar in Winter Park or something. It's like, nice. what are you doing in here, man? <laughs> He's like, what are you doing in here? Like, I don't know. I was going to get a beer. You want a beer? Let's drink beer. Perfect. <laughs> uh, have you had the, I was going to say distinct pleasure. I haven't even been there, so I have no idea. Have you uh, spent any time at the Boston EF office? I have. It's amazing. That's what it's I understand. Crazy. Their address yeah. is like so-and-so campus estate. It's like they must own half the town. Uh, it's it's huge. And they're they're still building. Nuts. So it's crazy. It's nuts. The the view from up upstairs is like, yeah. you're like, wow, that's that's Boston. I can see all of it. It's freaking sweet. There it is. You guys should charge admission. Do they own the whole building? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Um, so, but it's also just, it's a cool spot because, or a cool, cool place to go because it's just full of like young hip folks doing mm-hmm. young hip folk stuff, like planning trips to like cool wild trips to cool wild places and like, I don't know, fun, fresh ideas just flowing. Yeah. You're like, you're like wow, what is this? San Francisco? This is amazing. And they're, they're I think they're, Un, it is unknown how big they are. They are an enormous entity. Um, they're in so many countries, and someone was explaining like if you go to China, you just go like go down a strip mall when there's you know so and so restaurant. There's like an EF in every little strip mall in China. And when you're catering to that number of people, let alone the 300 million that are in America, oh like, yeah, dude, they got numbers. I mean, they're they're full on world, worldwide. I mm-hmm. think it's also funny like how many people say they've never heard of EF mm-hmm. and then find out that they've heard of EF. Like I was at Thanksgiving dinner here last week and talking to, uh, my wife's cousin's girlfriend mm-hmm. and she's like, what's EF? I've never heard of EF. And I was like, kind of explaining it to her and she's like, Oh, I went on a trip with EF. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was like, okay. So I don't know. Like if you think of those trips as like bikes, like, EF is, you know, selling bikes to, you know, all these people around the world. Um, and they don't even know that they, they, they sure. bought them a lot of times. So. I think it's one of these cool opportunities. I'd love to see where they go ultimately, but it's, a, it is taking a totally different stance to world tour cycling and owning a cycling team and the, the, the ability to take their sponsorship to a meaningful level, as opposed to just being like, all right, boop, here's a check for 5 million bucks. Let me sit in the car when we go to the tour de France. Right. Um, I think, yeah, I think they do get some real value out of it just cause it is worldwide company and worldwide sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that's also interesting too, is the way they've kind of like, in a lot of the ways, like the team is like the, a mascot for them. Sure. Like, you oh, know, totally. Like they, they fly Colorado us around race. to like bro out with their yeah. employees, like as, as a kind of a treat, yeah. uh, which is kind of funny. Um, when but, you raced Colorado, whatever it is, right, this past year? Uh, I didn't, know. Oh. Well, my understanding, having followed up through reading about it and reading about EF coming on board, like, A, they brought in something like 3,000 employees, 
And B, they literally created a logo to go along with like the team racing. They also created like Arnie the Argyle or something, which oh, is yeah, an yeah, elephant. Yeah, <laughs> an elephant. There's also an Argyle crocodile. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was way off. Yeah, they're not really the same. One's a mammal, the other's not. Yeah, that's uh, terrible. But it, yeah, it's interesting, The like the mascot aspect. It, it's It's like if they just... I mean, they literally just bought their own sports team and they're like, hey, you know, like, Mm -hmm. have fun with your sports team, guys. Which I also find interesting because, like, world tour cycling, even though it's the highest level of professional cycling in the world, I still enjoy the quote that pro cycling is the biggest amateur sport on the planet. And so, (laughs) like, it sounds goofy to have a logo, I mean, a mascot and a logo, but, like, why the heck not? Yeah, let's absolutely. start some sort of revolution because, by no means, is World Tour Cycling going in a forever positive direction. Like some changes need to happen, and yeah, absolutely. Maybe it starts with Argyle crocodiles. But I'm saying, like the Argyle crocodiles for the public, right? Right. The uh, the cycling team, uh, yes, they get they get you know some exposure, but really they've just bought. Their employees, a friend. <laughs> it's sort of bottom vacation. Like, oh, ways. shoot, we have to do a team meeting. Yeah. Uh, let's bring 3,000 people to Colorado. Yeah. Excellent. There's a bike race going on. But it, I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, and the employees seem to really love it. And we absolutely love it. Like mm-hmm. like I said, you're just hanging out with a bunch of cool, fun, fresh people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had, we've had a great time. And uh, yeah, hopefully good times continue. Sweet. Final question which we're going to hinge on a previous question and it hinges on the question or the topic of EF. When I had asked the question about 700 by 38 C or 29 er by 2.4, what I was really meaning to ask and I forgot to ask it is would you rather race a gravel race or Leadville? Because my understanding is the team is going to be doing some gravel racing next year. Uh, and you and I raced our first Leadvilles with each other. That's true. That's true. Um, that being that, as you said, we, we raced that like, I, yeah, in a lot of ways I checked that box. Um, that was a very difficult race. That was challenging. Yeah. That was challenging. Um, I was, I was overcoming a lot that day. It was a lot of, uh, adversity. I got stung in the neck by a bee. Oh jeez. Um, I had, it gave me a headache. It was yeah. terrible. Um, I'd also crashed like three days before and took like all the skin off my back. Um, going, going for hero status at the Boulder Shore track. Oh, geez. Um, so, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's cool. It's a cool race. It is. It really is. But I'd like to do some cool gravel stuff too. So gravel's a future man. Yeah. I think 700 by 38. Yeah. That's a good racing size uh, tire. Maybe. Far out. Well, our timing is just so that you can continue your training ride or you catch the bus back to Ned. So unless you have a 21st question, which you're welcome to ask. I would say I thank you very much for your time and have an amazing month of December. My The problem is, is you distract me the whole time with 20 questions. Uh, I forgot to find a new question. And I think I only asked like 16. Yeah. When are you coming back, Ted? My comeback? Ooh, the, no, to Boulder. Oh, I think I yeah. might come back to the world tour. <laughs> when am I coming back to Boulder? Yeah, um, when are you going to Lancet? Are you going to come back to world tour? <sighs> Probably not. Bike racing is really hard. I feel like it's getting harder. It's challenging. Yeah, that's what I understand. Like I'll, I'll 
go out and do like ride some climb and I still ride with power meter. I'm like, wow, I just did a really good number. But then I'm like, I really like indulging on food and not treating my body as well as I should. <laughs> so beer is a wonderful thing. Uh, I'll be back in Boulder. Ooh, well, Steamboat is putting together a really cool race next year. I've heard about that. Yeah. S-B-T-G-R-V-L. Yeah. Steamboat Gravel. Um, that's in August, so for sure we'll be out in this neck of the woods sometime around then. Are you going to win that? It looks sweet. <sighs> I like to think that I'm going to be somewhere up there in the end, and then, you know, we send EF, and you and I will be duking it out, and then we go up some final climb, and you're a flyweight, and I'm thinking of the beer that I had yesterday and the day before, and... <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if I'll get to do it. Supposedly, I'll, I'll probably do the Vuelta, but optimal training, dude. That, that's what that's a big supposedly. Joe did Leadville to to Vuelta that year. Did you do the same? Uh, I did not. I did not. Um, well, steamboat to Leadville. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you can actually link it. You could do steamboat. No, sorry, Leadville to the first half of Breck Epic to steamboat to the Vuelta. What do they they got to space that stuff out with like the Breck Epic Leadville stack on top of each other. Like right. why, why is there no racers uh, organization powwow? Like <laughs> where, where is the mountain bikers union? Like I need to I feel like I should just host a potluck and we can just sit down with all these promoters and you know. I think you probably should out until Leadville uh what who owns it now? Athlinks. I think once big money came in, you probably can't be like, yo, powwow, potluck. That's why you got to create your own. Go create something in Ned- uh, Nederlandia. That be- but that can't be good for either one of them with that, that stack on stack, Breck and Leadville. Do you remember how, I don't know what it was for you. Finish the race and we're hanging out with Timmy and Lawrence and Dom. And we're up at, you know, whatever height it is, 10,000 feet. And we're, we're just going around the table like this. Like, I've never been so wrecked in my life. And we're talking about, <laughs> yeah. No, never at the tour, never at this, never at that, never at Liège. And then to go and do Breck Epic straight after that, like outside of Todd Wells, I just feel like it's the most insane yeah, undertaking. No, not healthy. It doesn't sound nice. And that's why most people don't do it. Mm-hmm. So, well, anyways, put together a powwow. All yeah, right. Anyways, Alex House, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Ted. Thank you. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Hey friends, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you liked my conversation with Alex, I ask that you take just a quick second and hit subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever app it is you're listening to today. Reviews are particularly helpful in spreading the word of King of the Ride, so it'll take just 20 seconds more to provide a quick response there. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, today's episode is presented by Strava. As I'm sure you know, basic Strava features are free to you, but those summit features such as training plans, filtered leaderboards, pace analysis, live performance data, those are all particularly beneficial going into the new season and new year. So don't forget, listeners of King of the Ride have this limited time offer a chance to try out those summit features for a free month. Again, just visit strava.com slash summit and enter the code KING, that is all lowercase K-I-N-G, at checkout. Thanks again for listening, folks. I'm already looking forward to the next episode, but in the meantime, please enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride.